Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of The Wedding Wombat. This week I'm going to introduce myself and then we're going to talk about creating the perfect ceremony because without the ceremony, all you've got is the party. I'm going to share my top five tips for making your ceremony special and one both you and your guests will never forget. The Wedding Wombat is an Australian-based wedding podcast to give you ideas, things to consider and interesting perspectives on all things weddings. My name is Margie McCumstie and as a civil celebrant and MC with Metamorphosis Ceremonies, I love my job and am passionate about celebrating love in meaningful, memorable and magical ways. I acknowledge that this podcast has been created on the traditional country of the Awabakal, Wanarua or Waramai people and pay respect to all elders, past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. I extend my respect to the Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander listeners who are tuned in today and recognise the strength, resilience and capacity of our First Nations people. Here on The Wedding Wombat, we will sniff out the wedding options, dig out the latest trends, claw at and question traditions to see if they are relevant, and burrow down to discover amazing ideas to help you plan your wedding. It really can be fun, real, and a true celebration of you and the love you share. So welcome to The Wedding Wombat. It's time for us to chat. It sure is. Time for us to chat. And it's so exciting to launch this podcast about all things weddings. Before I introduce myself and explain why I chose to start this podcast, I just wanted to thank the uber-talented Jessica Tuna from Elderberry Finch, who is the artist behind our gorgeous wombat for the podcast logo. Thanks, Jessica. You're an absolute gem. And I'm so proud to be able to display your wombat. Jessica has an Etsy store and the link is in the show notes. Why not visit her store today and support an Australian artist? Now, I guess I'd better introduce myself and explain what we're doing here. My name is Margaret McCumstie, but all my friends call me Margie, so please feel free. I'm pretty passionate about ceremony and ritual and my business, Metamorphous Ceremonies, is all about creating meaningful, memorable and magical ceremonies, be they weddings, baby namings, funerals or memorials. I was brought up in a Catholic family and went to Mass each Sunday and attended a Catholic school from kindy through to year 10 with regular school Masses as well. I loved the ritual, the music, the symbolism and when ceremony is done well, it can be thrilling. Anyway, I'm no longer Catholic but I'm comfortable adding spiritual elements if desired but completely good if there isn't as well. I'm comfortable also performing Wiccan ceremonies as the symbolism and nature elements appeal to me. I've always loved public speaking and have a Bachelor of Arts with a double major in Theatre Studies and an extended major in Communication Studies through UNE, plus a graduate diploma in Early Childhood Education. So my love for speaking, my flair for the dramatic and my affinity with children all come together 
to help me create amazing ceremonies that include children if you'd like, ceremonies that create a magical space of love and commitment, and ceremonies that are memorable. I also love taking my skills onto the reception to ensure it flows perfectly. I don't mumble an entrance. I don't ramble on like Uncle Henry after a few beers. And I never say inappropriate things about your partner's exes. Yeek! What I do do, though, is give the reception a sense of purpose and party, of celebration and event. And I can inject some fun in with my version of the shoe game. When you go to leave the reception, often couples want an arch or a farewell circle, and these elements need someone to coordinate them who isn't you. All these things and more are what I provide with passion and enthusiasm. I said before that I love my job, but for me, it's more like a vocation because I know this is what I'm meant to be doing. The Wedding Wombat was born out of a desire to share that passion and to help couples in planning their special day. I intend to interview other vendors who are also passionate about creating wedding wonder and give you lots of information and ideas. I'm based in the Newcastle and Hunter Valley areas of New South Wales, but travel all over our great country performing ceremonies. I'll take you with me and introduce you to some amazing vendors, unique spaces and fantastic ideas along the way. We're going to have fun. You'll hear me use gender inclusive language because I'm a pansexual woman and believe love is love. So marriage is for everyone, whether you identify as male, female, non-binary, gay, straight, pan or trans, I've always believed that marriage should be available for all. And I'm so glad that finally in Australia, it is. And finally, I'm an empath. I love Prince and all his music. I'm in a committed relationship and am a mum to two stepsons. I love live theatre, have dabbled in burlesque. I love going to the movies. I'm vegan, crazy about velvet. And rather than call myself a hopeless romantic, I think of myself as a hopeful romantic. And this hopeful romantic plans to put out a new podcast on the 10th, 20th and 30th of each month. Anyway, on to what we're going to have our wombat chat about this time, the ceremony itself. In Australia, we do have a few legal requirements, some documentation at least a month prior, a declaration of no legal impediment prior to the ceremony, and a few certificates when we sign the register near the end of the ceremony. During the ceremony itself, the civil celebrant must say the monotum, which is a legal statement that must be made. There is one legal vow that each party must say and everyone present should be able to hear. Beyond that though, the ceremony is a blank slate for us to create whatever you would like. Many of my couples really love the idea of their love story being a part of the ceremony. And how I do this is I give each person a copy of a questionnaire and they have to answer the questions away from their partner. So they're not allowed to show each other the answers. I take their answers and I weave them together to create something really special, something that includes both of their perspectives and in their own words, really celebrating the love they share by sharing their story with everybody. Some couples like to write their own vows and share them. And sometimes couples need a hand, which I'm always happy to do. Sometimes couples have dreamt of answering I do, in which case I can prepare traditional or modern I do vows and even include a couple of funny ones. 
having the questionnaires really helps with this. Give me the dirt and I'll make sure that we've got some funny vows in there. You can also add elements of ritual. So for instance, a sand ceremony. So how the sand ceremony works is that you have different colored sands for each person. So if you've got a blended family or there's a, you've already had children, for instance, um, or even if it's just the two of you, that's fine. You have different colors representing each person. And then you can have those in vials or glasses, jars, bottles, whatever you'd like. And then you have a bigger vessel, like a large vase, or a, um, a big mason jar, or you might have a, they've some specially made photo frames, and you can put your engagement photo in there, and they've got a, an empty uh, edge around the side of the frame. So you can pour the sands in, and the sands all layer, and it's just beautiful. And then I say something about how the sands can never be separated again, and it's, it's really um, a very special way of doing it, and a great way to include kids in a ceremony. You could also have a candle ceremony. So um, you might have, uh, again, you could have different colored candles for each person, or you could have two candles and you light a major candle. And that big candle is one that you could light every year on your anniversary. So that's quite special. Another way you could use a candle is you could incorporate it with a hand fasting. Now, hand fasting is um, it's just a beautiful ceremony. It's one I love to perform. Um, and basically, a hand fasting is all about um, you know the expression to tie the knot? Well, that's where it's come from, is hand fasting. So hand fasting is where the, um, the, the couple hold hands and then I'll place either a ribbon or a cord uh, over their hands. I usually use three, but you can use more. And I'll often use a colour for each family. So I'll say one for the one for the, the bride or groom's family, one for the other bride or groom's family, and then one for the family they're creating together. Uh, or it could be one for the past, one for the present, one for the future. And then I will perform a knot uh, while you're holding the hands and then you hold the ends, remove your hands and then the knot is created. And it's I usually will use an eternity knot. And then if you'd like to incorporate a candle with it, um, what I'll often do is I will then tie that eternity knot around the base of the candle. So then you can use that candle at the reception or for your anniversary each year. So hand fasting is really beautiful. It can also include a blessing of the hands, um, which is gorgeous and uh, yeah. But there's so many things you can do and you can also, of course, make up ideas of your own. So one couple I had, um, he always said that she was like the, the Coke in his JD. And so uh, so we, I, I wrote a poem for them that included about Jack Daniels and Coke. And uh, so he, they had, they each had, she was the Coke and he was the Jack Daniels. They poured it together into a glass and then they, they both shared a sip of that drink. Um, I had another couple where they, um, she liked coffee, but did not like tea and he loved tea, but hated coffee. And so we used a glass plunger and a glass teapot and we poured, they each poured a drink for the other person of the drink they didn't like. And we had the photographer ready. Again, I wrote a poem for that one. And they each took a sip of the other person's drink. And it was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. Um, and if I've met you, I might have shared with you the story about my wedding where um, they wanted to include Tim Tams. Um, but if you haven't heard it, I'll share it again. Um, basically, uh, I had a couple who said to me, can you include Tim Tams in our wedding ceremony? We're having a Tim Tam wedding cake. 
And everyone who knew this couple knew that they loved Tim Tams. They often fought over who got the last Tim Tam. He was into MMA and she was into CrossFit, but one of their major vices was that they both loved Tim Tams. So I said, yeah, sure, no problems. I had no idea what I was going to come up with. But I did come up with an idea. I ran it past them. They gave me the green light. We told the photographer, but nobody else knew what was going to happen. So what I did was I had a packet of Tim Tams ready to go, but I left only just one Tim Tam in the packet. And so after I declared them husband and wife, I said, I now pronounce you husband and wife, but Jason, before you kiss your beautiful bride, may I present you with the last Tim Tam in the packet and remind you, you're a married man now, so choose wisely what you do with it. And then he took it, he had to place it in his mouth, lean forward, and they did a lady in the tramp style kiss together for their first kiss. Everybody laughed and cried and got goosebumps. It was just one of those magical moments. The photographer caught it and uh, it's one that people will never forget. So <laughs> lots of fun. We can put anything into a ceremony. And that's the, the thing is that because you're not having a church ceremony, you're having a civil ceremony, you can put whatever elements are meaningful for you, even if that includes Tim Tams. We can also add cultural elements to add meaning. So if it's um, any cultural references are made, like can be included. So uh, I performed a ceremony um, last year for a couple where the bride's family was Hindu. And uh, I was invited as a guest to attend the Hindu ceremony on the Friday. And it was exquisite. I really was so honoured to be there, loved it. And then I got to perform the legal ceremony the next day. And uh, it was beautiful as well. And so I referenced aspects of the previous ceremony on the second day so that they both linked together and also honoured her heritage. Um, so that was very special. Uh, also for, um, I've had a number of um, couples where one or both partners have Aboriginal heritage. And um, so because of their Indigenous heritage, we've been able to include a smoking ceremony or a welcome or acknowledgement of country. And that's just been so meaningful and wonderful to be able to do. As weddings are a special time for families to come together, often couples want to honour loved ones who have died. And there are many ways to do this. So we'll cover this in more detail on a later podcast. But some ways are through candles, a poem or a special reading, a place reserved, um, special jewellery. You can have a small photo or medallion put through on the ribbons of the flowers that you're holding. Um, and you can also just have some signs. So there's many ways to do this and it can be done at the reception or it can be done in the ceremony itself. At the end of the day, the best ceremonies are ones where the love is felt, where the connection and the commitment is so real, so palpable that there is emotion in the space and everyone is moved in some way. This is what is at the core of a special ceremony, be that an extravagant ceremony with all the trimmings or a backyard celebration. At the heart of the ceremony is, well, heart. Two, in fact. Which brings me to this week's top five. This week, it's the top five ceremony tips. Number one, keep it real. Remember what this is really all about. The love you share. Be in the moment. Gaze into your partner's eyes and declare your together forever commitment. I believe 
that the tingly moments happen when all else falls away and love is present. Number two, apart from the few legal requirements, there are no shoulds or musts or have tos. Do what is right for you both as it is your wedding. Want to walk down the aisle alone? You can. Want to walk down the aisle together? You can. Want to have no aisle? You can. There are no rules. There are social norms, but if they don't fit, then they don't fit. And you get to create your day, your way. And that is where a good celebrant can help. Number three, put your stamp on the day. Personalise it with music, readings, your love story, your vows, your style. My Tim Tam couple certainly personalised it by adding a Tim Tam. I had a family who played ACDC's Highway to Hell as they walked down the aisle at the end of the ceremony as a family. They all personalised their ceremony in kind of special way. Number four, honour culture, tradition, language or family in whatever way feels right and is meaningful to you both. And number five, communicate what you want and don't want to your celebrant so you aren't disappointed. Cheaper celebrants will often use a template and insert your names into the relevant spots. And look, that's fine if that's what you're wanting, but pay a bit more and you can have a ceremony created for you or with you. I ask all my couples what vibe they're wanting. Do you want a fun, relaxed ceremony? Do you want a family-friendly, rustic ceremony? Do you want a classic, elegant ceremony? Anything is possible if you communicate openly with your celebrant. I know I do anything possible to make the ceremony exceed my couple's expectations, but to be able to do that, I need to know what their expectations are. And that was this episode's Top 5. The Wedding Wombat comes out on the 10th, 20th and 30th of each month and you're invited to listen in and share it with your friends. Our next episode, I'm going to reveal one of the best kept secret venues in the Hunter Valley. This place has only just started doing weddings and is a perfect spot for the ceremony and reception. If you like relaxed, natural or rustic themes, you're going to love discovering this place in our next episode. If you want views, it has it. If you want exquisite food, it has that too. I know you'd like to know now, but you'll have to wait till next time when we chat to their wedding and event coordinator, Millie, and reveal what I believe to be one of the most magical and special venues in the vineyards. Next time on The Wedding Wombat. Did you know that a group of wombats is called a wisdom? Subscribe to The Wedding Wombat, leave us a review, or contact me directly with your questions or answers to margie at metamorphous.com.au or message me through Facebook on my page, Metamorphous Ceremonies. My contact details are in the show notes. This episode's Wedding Wombat Wisdom comes from the classic rom-com, When Harry Met Sally. 
when you realise you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody. You want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Bye for now friends and I'll chat to you next time on The Wedding Wombat.